Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And with me, as always, is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. How are we doing today? Just loving Jesus, bro, because he loves me first, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, some First John talk right there. All right. And also with us, as always, is the show's producer. How are you doing today, Tony? I am blessed more than I deserve. <laughs> Tony Palacio, sure. I didn't give you your full name there, so I want to make sure we give the full name. And we're going to be talking about a very, very important subject today, something that um, I think that a lot of those in the church are probably having some struggles, you know, this next week, uh, this last week or so, or maybe in the last couple months on this issue. So much so that, guys, if you are not connected with us uh, for Blessed Hope Chapel, if you're not watching the live stream on Sundays, I would really encourage you, especially the last few, Joe is doing a, a series on rejoicing in the Lord, and he's done a couple of messages on that, and it is it is really, really important, especially with everything that's going on. And we were talking about episodes for this week, and this is one that needs to be talked about. This episode is one that, as a, as a group, as brothers in Christ, that all of us were like, this is something we really got to talk about because we have people in our life that we love, that are near and dear and close to us, that are struggling with what's gone on in this world and because of what is going to go on in this world. And the fact is, is since November, since the election, since the results came out, whether uh, fraudulent or not, we you know we're not we're not putting that out there right now. Um, the fact is, is that a couple of days ago, last week, the new president was inaugurated, and uh, Joe Biden is the president of the United States now. And I know a lot of the people around the world. There's plenty of people. We were just number 11 in Japan for Christianity. Praise God. Thank you uh, to our the Japanese podcast, yeah. audience. And we're, I think we're 30 right now, so doing pretty good over there. And um, we're also all in South Africa, New Zealand, Canada. We got a ton of brothers and sisters in Christ. We also have South America as well, the Philippines. We, we have a ton of people that, that listen to the show. We're in a lot of places, but those are places where numbers do really well. Amen. And one of the things is, is that I don't want, we don't try to make this a, an American centralized show because we care more about the word of God and that and came, souls everywhere, brothers and sisters and that throughout came the from world. the Middle East anyways. But we do recognize the effect that our wicked nation really has to the rest of the world yeah. and the effect and some of the Hollywood, stuff, the music industry, just sick. It affects the world all over the place and what happens in our elections affects the world in fact one of the first pieces of legislation that gets written in starting from the reagan administration and then literally has ping pong back and forth between republican democrat republican democrat is money from our tax dollars going to pay for abortions outside of america yeah reagan <laughs> did the opposite but yeah yeah did the opposite that yeah that's the why other, it's ping pong yeah. right so so you're 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 talking about things that do affect so yes our tax dollars not only go to murdering babies here in the united states now they also go to murder babies all around the world yeah that's sick and so we have to recognize these things and also recognize that there is a big imprint that america does have so we want to talk about it because mostly it's a bad one 
Yeah, we want to talk about getting through it. But getting through it is the yep. most important thing. So yeah. we don't want to simply be Debbie Downers here. You know, we don't want to say simply, we want to tell the truth and, and, and speak truth here and also warn some of the stuff that is going to happen because we can't be like Lecrae and say that we're on the right side of history because we support Joe Biden. Okay, we, mm-hmm. we pray for him and we want him to, to know Christ and repent because righteousness exalts a nation, baby murdering does not. So we, we want to talk about that. But the most important thing is where our hearts are as believers. Amen. How, where are our hearts, regardless who's in office, where are our hearts? So, Joe, let, let's talk about that. What are we going to do with all yeah, this? Yeah, we actually had another show lined up and uh, it happened where you know, it was suggested, hey, why don't we do a show just a few minutes before we went on? Why don't we do a show uh, that actually helps people to just endure these times uh, since things are going to get inevitably worse? Uh, we have just, you know, a lot of the executive orders that were just signed last week by Biden. Uh, uh, it's absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, it's like, are you trying to destroy the country? Are you trying to get us judged by God? So, uh, and, you know, there's been a number of people that are just heartbroken and so forth, and it's understandable, but we have to keep our eyes on Jesus, you know? And Chad mentioned a couple messages I just done recently on the joy of the Lord. I encourage you uh, to check those out because uh, there's been a lot of people blessed. A brother was just telling me just just minutes before the show, hey, my wife was just really going through hard times. She heard one of the shows on rejoicing the Lord uh, through your trials, and it really lifted her up. So I really hope that encourages you. We just did a show last Sunday, and we'll hopefully this part two, the last part, on fellowship and how important fellowship is at this time. So I hope you guys check those out because uh, those really encourage you, I really believe, because a lot of people are, a lot of professing believers are depressed because they're they're like that coal that's out of the fire getting cold. And right now, more than ever, it says, as we see the day of Christ approaching, we should be getting together more and more. So we're going to be going through different texts of Scripture that we think will encourage you uh, through this show. We're going to try to get through a lot. Yeah, and, and I just wanted to give you guys the names of those those two messages because if you go to our Blessed Hope Chapel YouTube channel, you can listen to them right now. You can check them out. I encourage you guys. Tony can put the two links on there. One is called, if you're just searching it and you don't want to go to the link, <laughs> it's called How to Rejoice Always. That was on January 17th. And the other one was Keeping Your Eyes on the Prize. No, no. Uh, uh, oh, I'm that, sorry. That, that, that's an encouraging rejoice. message too, but one was uh, the first one was right and the other one on joy. Uh, make the choice to rejoice. Oh, make the choice to rejoice. January right. 4th. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool, but cool, all cool, three cool. of those you read, Chad, are part yeah. of the series. Yeah, because the point, the important thing is, is, and I think we could title this one, Keeping Your Eyes on the Price, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, because that Amen. is ultimately the goal for us here today. And we hope that if we do anything, is that this message would be an encouragement to you because I know Joe's got a lot of scripture on his heart. So usually that's going to take up some time to get through those because it's important because where do we go? You know, is it what, yeah. what did they say during the Songs of Ascent, right? When they were going to Jerusalem, they would sing the Songs of Ascent. Where does my help come from? Right? Well, you mm-hmm. just you just uh, segued <laughs> beautifully because let's go to the lettuce patch. They're both giving okay. strange <laughs> looks, you know, <laughs> with these yeah. smiles, the lettuce patch, yeah. It's been called the lettuce patch. Go to mm-hmm. Hebrews 10, 22. There's three let us's there. <laughs> All right, there we go. <laughs> Verse 22, let us draw near with a sincere heart, with in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. First of all, we need to draw close to the Lord, you guys. We need to cry out to him. We need to focus on Jesus right now. If you focus on Biden, the Biden administration, you know, all these different, you know, Antifa and all these different things where there's just, you know, these people that seem like they're fascists in the name of destroying fascism. Uh, it's just quite, quite crazy. You need to keep, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. So we need to draw near to him. 
And then verse 23, let us hold fast the confession. The very next verse, let us, the let us patch, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure we're not wavering right now in our faith, that we're holding on to Jesus. He said these things would happen. We don't get all downcast, or we shouldn't. We can get downcast, but we shouldn't get all bummed out. Jesus said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, lift up your heads for your redemption is getting closer. In other words, he says we shouldn't be bummed out. We should be lifted up because his prophecies are coming to pass. We knew these things would happen. Then in verse 24, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. So we're not only supposed to be seeking the Lord, drawing close to him, making sure that we're not wavering in our faith and that we don't fall away, but also verse 24, that we are trying to reach others. Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. Are you actively saying, how can I build up others in the faith? You know, he says right here, consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. That Greek word behind the word stimulate there in the English uh, some translations have spur because the word has an idea of sharpness, you know, of, of kind of like, you know, as one man sharpens another, we're supposed to build each other up and you need to be in fellowship to do to do that. So look what he says in verse 25, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some and the habit of some led them to fall away, which verses 26 through 31 give you the strongest warning against falling away and actually being devoured by fire and how God, terrifying thing to fall in the hands of the living God, verses 26 through 21. But in verse 25, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but what? Encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So we're supposed to stimulate one another, you know, like iron sharp and iron, encouraging one another as we say the day of Christ drawing near. And we're definitely seeing the signs of the times, folks. We need to be encouraging each other more and more. So really, we really want to encourage you guys. And by the way, it says not to forsake the assembly of yourselves together. I'm going to do a whole study on these verses along with uh, in, in the next last Sunday. And with this coming Sunday, we're going through these passages. Uh, but also in Hebrews 12, I've been really meditating on Hebrews 12 about keeping your eyes on Jesus. So I'm just going to kind of, uh, we'll be doing that hopefully in a month or so, or maybe sooner but keeping your eyes on the Lord. And that word forsaking, I was looking up a lot of these Greek words, and that word forsaking is not just to not go somewhere. It, 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 I always thought it's interesting. It's usually translated in most translations, forsaking. Why doesn't it just say not, you know, not going or don't stop going to fellowship? But it says forsaking. Forsaking is a stronger word. In the Greek, it's a very strong word. It has to do with abandoning others. Mm. And I thought mm. that is heavy right there. Because our, we are our brother's keepers. And Paul uses that same Greek word when he says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Mm. So it's really heavy because it's actually cast in a way where if you're not assembling with others, if you're not trying to build up others in Christ, because we're part of the body of Christ, you know, if you're not building them up, you're forsaking God's call for you as part of it. I mean, think of an organ in the body, leaving the body. It would cause all the other organs to, you know, hemorrhage or be destroyed. So you don't want to forsake others. You want to be in fellowship to build others up, but also so you can be built up. A lot of people go people go to church, they get in fellowship so they can be built up, so they can be encouraged. And that's important. You want that, but it is better to give than to receive. If you go prayerfully, Lord, how can I build others up? God will reach you. God will speak to you. The Holy Spirit, God will honor you in that. Because it says in Hebrews, I believe it's chapter 6, he's not unjust to forget the good deeds that you've done toward the brethren, towards his children, you know. So that's really important. So a little bit later in Right after that, he warns about falling away. And then verse 32, he says, But remember the former days, when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of sufferings, 
So they were going through suffering, usually typically worse than what we go through as Americans. Doesn't mean we won't go through heavy stuff like this. Partly by being made public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners. So there were some of them were in prison and they were visiting believers who were put in prison for their faith. Because keep in mind, the book of Hebrews was written to Hebrew Christians who were being persecuted and being tempted to go back to the law of Moses yep. so they wouldn't have to be persecuted by their Jewish countrymen, so they wouldn't have to be thrown in prison. Uh, sometimes the countrymen who would agitate the Roman authorities, as we see throughout the early book, parts of the book of Acts, and accepted joyfully, check this out, you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourself a better possession and a lasting one. How could they accept joyfully the seizure of their property? How could they lose their homes and still have joy? Could we do that? I want to ask you, brothers and sisters, if you found out that Biden wanted to pay for the Paris you know, Climate Accord and he wanted to take the houses of Christians, not that it will work out that way, but he takes your house, could you still rejoice in your home wherever you live? You find yourself homeless. All you've got is your pillow. Or maybe like Jesus, you have no place to lay your head. Could you still rejoice? You can if you keep your focus on Jesus because they were able to rejoice because it says you're able to, re you're able to rejoice because you know you have a better possession and a lasting one. That's in heaven. So if you can, we're called to be heavenly minded, right? For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. So we need to endure in the faith. You know what he does in chapter 11? He goes on to give all these heroes of the faith. This is the Hall of Faith chapter right after this. Mm -hmm. He gets into the whole Hall of Faith chapters, all these wonderful, uh, victorious, uh, they all died in the faith, he says. And these are champions of the faith. The first few verses demonstrate or describe what faith is, but the verses right after the first few verses show the act, the actions of faith, what faith mm -hmm. looks like. These are people who actually were doing things for the Lord. And that needs to be us. us. This is a call to action. What are you doing for Jesus lately? You know, are you, I mean, this was, well, wait, man, we're going through hard times, man. COVID, Biden was just elected. That's nothing compared to what a lot of these guys were going through. He mentions how they were sawed in half, like probably, I know, uh, Isaiah, you know, yeah. how they didn't accept their release early because they wanted a better resurrection. They could have got released early. They could have denied Christ. They could deny the Lord, but they held on to the Lord because they wanted the resurrection of the just, of the righteous, the first resurrection. You, you, you read about how, you know, they quenched, you know, fire. What in the world? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You read how, you know, they were saved from lions. Daniel, you know, you have all kinds of people that aren't even mentioned here. But he goes through all the, the faith of Abraham and the faith of Moses who uh, did not, you know, accepted the reproach of Christ's higher esteem than sin for a season. On and on and on. And then in chapter 12, check this out. This gets, this is a really good challenge. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, and that cloud of witnesses, you know, surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So we have this cloud of witnesses. Chad, who's this cloud of witnesses? It's all the saints that we were just talking about in chapter 11. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's those saints in yeah. chapter 11. They're witnesses in two ways. You know, a lot of exegetes will say, well, the word witnesses there just means that they, they, they witness as far as being a testimony to us. No, I've looked up that Greek word. And that Greek word does usually mean that. But I can show you a couple places where Paul talks about giving a, uh, the, a, a good testimony, you know, uh, uh, fighting the good fight and the good testimony. There's different places where he, even in Hebrews right here talks about two or three witnesses. 
You know, mm. the two or three witnesses, those are witnesses that have seen something and are testifying. So they're witnesses in two ways. In fact, the imagery right there is not just witnesses. In fact, they're, they are definitely witnesses, right? They're witnesses yeah. as far as their testimony to us. We look to them and that's the main thrust there. But when he talks about how we're encompassed by them and we're in a race, he gives the picture of these guys watching us. Yeah, the Grecian games there, yeah. That's right. And I can't yeah. wait to get into that when we do this actual study on that because there's just the way that word is used and, and how we are in this race. But look what he says to us, brothers and sisters. He says, we're supposed to lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Endurance keeps coming up over and over again. Don't give up. She said, he that endures the end will be saved. Your life is a vapor. Don't ruin the vapor because eternity is forever. It never ends. And you don't want to be in the lake of fire. So he tells you to fix your eyes on Jesus, verse 2. The author and perfecter of faith. He goes from all these witnesses that are, that are watching us. And Jesus is watching us the most. And he's the great, greatest one it testifies about because he's the author the perfecter of faith. And right there, it's talking about how he did it perfectly. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He finished his race, amen? For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Brothers and sisters, he's the author of Hebrews by the Holy Spirit is telling you to look to Jesus. He went through far more than you and I are going to go through. In Hebrews 11, these guys went through more than most of us will go through. Right? But Jesus by far went through more than we went through and we're to look to him so we don't grow weary and lose heart. I mean, Jesus was crucified, right? He was crucified by the Roman Empire. He was turned in by his own countrymen. He had no place to lay his head. And then he says, you have not, verse 4, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. Jesus was bleeding in the Garden of Gethsemane. Then he bled for our sins on the cross. He's saying, you didn't go through what he went through. Look to him as your greatest example. And brothers and sisters, we need to quit saying, oh, I can't believe this is going on, and I can't believe that's going on. We need to start saying, what can I do for Jesus now since he bled on the cross so I can be saved? Since I have a heavenly home, and that's what it talks about a lot in Hebrews chapter 11, that all these died without seeing the promise. And then when yeah. they died, they got to go into the presence of God. Jesus sat at the right hand of the Father. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was that joy? To sit at the right hand of the Father. He prayed right before the crucifixion. Father, glorify me with the glory that I had with you in the beginning before the world was created. Amen. And the fact that he gets a bride and he's going to bring many people into his kingdom. There's such joy there. Guess what, brothers and sisters? The worst thing that can happen to you is you can be persecuted to the point of death. But that's the best thing that can happen to you. Because to be to be annihilated, be to be, you know, annihilation is glorification. You get to go be with the Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to encourage you guys. Brothers and sisters, Paul in Philippians is writing from prison, and that's a lot of what we dealt with and having the joy of the Lord, so I'm not going to reiterate a lot of that. But I want to encourage you guys, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, please, please realize when he wrote Philippians, when he wrote Colossians, when he wrote Ephesians, those were all from a prison in Rome, and Nero was the leader there. Nero was the emperor, and Nero, you know, was chopping off the heads of Christians in the same decade when yeah. Paul, you know, he was turning them into human torches in his garden. He was dressing them up in animal skins, Christians, and then sending them to the lions for the gladiators or for the, the, the spectators to watch them just be devoured. And think about this. I mean, this was just brutal. But at the same time, Paul is in prison, and he could be saying, I can't believe this happened to me. No, man. Hmm. You know what he says in, in Philippians chapter 1, which I haven't really covered this on a Sunday. I want to get into it when we deal with the joy of the Lord again. He talks about what's, ha what's happened to me in this situation. And I want to actually read the text. It's so 
So beautiful. Paul says this. He says, Now I want you to know, brethren, that the circumstance, he's ready from prison. He's, he's chained between two praetorium guards. Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. What's Paul looking at? He's in prison. He has a prison ministry now. He could be licking his wounds saying, God, I'm your choice servant. What are you doing? I'm writing half the New Testament. I'm in prison. And guess what? He looks, he's cup, not half full. His cup's overflowing, man. He says, they've turned out to the greater progress of the gospel so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. Everybody knows about it. And that most of the brethren trusting the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. So there's all kinds of people that are brothers because of him being in prison, and they are having, they're not having fear. They're like, wow, because, you know, it's, wait a minute. When they have more fear, look what happened to him. No, they see that God is holding him up. Because later he says in Philippians chapter 4, he learned the secret that he could do all things through Christ who, who strengthens him, and that whether he is in prosperity or whether he's in a place of contempt, he can rejoice in the Lord because he has the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we encourage you guys right now. Look to Jesus. He needs to be the source of your joy. He needs to be the love of your life. You fall madly in love with him and keep him first and stay in his word. He says, he that keeps his mind stayed on the Lord will be kept in perfect peace. Amen. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting. You, you mentioned Demas and him loving the present world and, and leaving. And something I had thought about quite a bit, and this is, you know, maybe you're thinking, I, I've allowed this, you know, to, to be a stumbling block. I've allowed this to be cause dread in my heart. And you think about this, be a Mark instead of a Demas. And, and what I mean from that is, if you guys remember, Paul actually got in such a, a quibble with, with Barnabas because of Mark and not wanting to be with him that they separated. I mean, it got to the, that point where Barnabas and Paul actually left each other on a journey and he said i'm not taking mark with me and later he would call him a faithful servant he would he would be somebody that was with him that he had much help from him but then you look at demas on the other hand he's mentioned in a good light in the beginning yeah and then later leaves yeah and it made me think Having loved this present stumbling world. blocks and and all of that it made me think 100 you remember we get the scriptures it says in in romans chapter 15 for our strength and our encouragement that we might find hope and you think about what's going on, and maybe you're looking not to you're looking your eyes to the hills, so to speak. And that actually happened in Psalm 73, but it's one of my favorite Psalms because it gives you the ending at the beginning, but then it gives you the ending again. And I and I want to read that because it's sandwiched in between there is the stumbling block. The start of Psalm 73 says, God certainly is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. And the end of Psalm 73 says, But as for me, the nearness of God is good for me. Amen. I have made the Lord. God, my refuge, so that I may tell of all your works. Sandwiched in between that is the stumbling block. Verse 2 says that his feet almost slipped. Why? Because he looked at what was going on with the wicked. And he had his eyes in the wrong place. But then what happened when he went into the sanctuary of God? He goes, wait a second. I recognize their end. You set their feet on slippery places. And then that's when his mind was renewed is when he went into the sanctuary of God and he realized, wait a second, I recognize their end and the Lord is my portion forever. Mm. And I think that's something that let's do that. Let's not let this be a stumbling block to your faith. And you say, I'm not going to be Demas. I'm going to be Mark. Maybe there was a time, maybe maybe right now you're like, all I've posted about since November is the election and, and how much this. And you look back at that. 
and then take take some course and say, wait a second, why haven't I not been saying Jesus, yeah. Jesus, How Jesus? How much witnessing can I be doing right now? He's our hope. People need to know that there's Jesus. Yeah. I mean, when Iran was despairing because of the Ayatollahs and all the rigid, you know, Islamic law, there's been more revival there, they say, than any place on the earth in the last couple mm-hmm. of years, you know, because people are under a heavy hand of just wickedness, you know. And guess what? We're, we're going to, we're, I mean, now it's being championed, you know, the right to kill babies and all these things are being lifted up as though these are family values, calling good evil and evil good. And w- instead of saying, hey, look at the darkness and we need to expose the darkness. The Bible commands us to Ephesians 5.11. But don't stay fixated in the darkness. Just like sin, we get convicted of sin. What should that do? It teaches us that we need Jesus. And can we see the darkness? What do we need? need the light. Now pursue the light and shine that light on the darkness and into the darkness so more people can be set free. Expose it, but show Jesus. You can only expose it through Jesus, mm. not just rhetoric, you know? I mean, there's a lot of political talking heads that say a lot of things we would agree with, but ultimately they don't have the answer if they're not bringing people to Jesus. And if you say fixated on that stuff, you'll just get an ulcer. You'll just get high blood pressure. You'll just you'll go through a lot of, because there's no hope there. You're supposed to live in the hope of Christ. And, and it's interesting, Chad, you, you were pointing out how, you know, the, just the darkness of the world, you know, he's envying the people of the world. And that's what Demas was doing. It says, having loved this present yeah. world, you know. James 4.4 4 says, you adulteresses, knowing that not that friendship with the world is enmity with God, who makes himself a friend of the world, makes himself an enemy of God. And what's happened to millions of professing Christians during this time, they've been out of fellowship. And what a lot of them have done is they pursued the world. What's the latest thing on Netflix? And then, guess what? It's hard to find wholesome things on Netflix. So eventually you run out of them. Then you start letting your guard down, perhaps. And now you're maybe watching things where, you know, the message is bad or they're, they're blaspheming God or whatever. And all of a sudden, we're not in fellowship and you're getting used to the darkness. Then you become part of the darkness. Do not let that happen. You need to say, full stop, man. I need to repent. I need to seek Jesus and make sure I only glorify Him and think on these things that are true, that are good, that are good repute, that are lovely, and so forth, whatever, things are praiseworthy, excellent, so forth. And I want to encourage you guys, just in the name of Jesus, we want to encourage you guys, is the Bible says, love not the world, the things that are in the world. That we 1 John 2, 15 through 17. For all that is of the world is less the flesh, less the eyes, the pride of life. And the world's passing away, the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. Demas loved this present world. After he's mentioned in two or three books in the New Testament, he was a servant <laughs> of God. And then he goes the other way. And that same word forsake that's used of him, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, is where Paul is used by the author of Hebrews, do not forsake the assembly of yourselves together. It means to actually leave people in a lurch. That's one of the, I think that's Thayer's definition, to leave people in a lurch. And you don't want to leave the church in a lurch. You're supposed to be there edifying, building up, encouraging. And he says, encourage one another. How can you encourage others if you're not in fellowship? You say, you know what? I live far away. That's why I listen to your podcast. I don't know any other Christians. Right, people, you know? Call people up on the phone and witness to them. I don't want to go out. I don't. I got underlying conditions. I might get COVID. Call somebody and just call anyone. Crank call, not a bad way. And just say, hey, <laughs> I want to tell you about something. I want to tell you what God's done in my life. What if I get hung up on? Praise the Lord. I'm just saying, do something for Jesus because I'll tell you what, man. There's no greater joy than when you're serving the Lord. And there's always ways to serve Him. And guess what? If you cry out to Him and say, Lord, please use me. Show me how to be used. Give me boldness. And yeah, we all struggle sometimes with boldness. Paul even does to a degree because he says pray for me that I would have boldness that's Paul okay so we're all in a similar situation we're all human it says in the book of James that that Elijah had a nature like ours you know but look at the wonderful things God did through him his point of saying he had a nature like ours is saying hey guess what God's not partially wants to use you he loves you he cares about you so deeply and I've said recently in one of my messages I believe 100% that if you were the only person alive 
Jesus would have died for you. You know why I believe that? Because Jesus said he leaves the 99 to go after that one sheep. So even if you were that one sheep, he'd go after you. Just open up your arms and say, thank you, Jesus, and embrace him and realize how much he loves you. And he gave us a parable for those wondering how much they're loved with the prodigal son. And when he came back, his father ran and embraced him. He didn't expect that. He thought he would just be a servant. And he said, my son was lost, but now he's found. He's dead, but he's alive, and he threw a party. The Bible says there's, re- there's more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents than of all those sinners that don't need to repent. So we want to encourage you guys. If you need to repent, repent, embrace Jesus, come back to him, get right with him, and be used by him. If you're already walking with him, you're saying, praise God, I'm walking with him, keep walking with him, and shine brightly, and build up one another, encourage one another, spurn others on to love and good works in the name of Jesus. Love you guys. Amen. We love you. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.